So I put all that money into tech stocks. And well, you know what happened next. The stock market imploded. And I obviously lost most of that money. And the problem here is because I did not pay taxes on that money, I owed almost as much as that what was left in the account. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I've created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, MJ DeMarco. MJ, are you ready to join our mission? Absolutely. Let's roll. All right. Well, let me introduce you to the audience. MJ DeMarco is the international best-selling author of The Millionaire Fastlane, Unscripted, and The Great Rat Race, Escape. His books have been translated into over 25 languages worldwide, and he's the founder of Viperion Publishing and the Fastlane Business Forum, a global business and entrepreneurial community with over 70,000 users and nearly 1 million contributions. MJ, take a minute and tell us about the value that you bring to this world. Sure thing. No problem. I am in the process of delivering a worldwide message that life's default script, the message that we are being trained by our government, our educational institutions, our financial institutions, pretty much everyone is on board with this script that you are to go to college here in the States, it costs absolute fortune. You're supposedly supposed to get a job after this. And you're supposed to work for 40 or 50 years. And then maybe if you're a really good investor or a really good saver, you can retire early when you're 55 or 60 or 65. And I'm here to tell people that there is an alternative system and structure and framework that you could follow where you can actually live a life of financial freedom and do it within three years, five years, 10 years. And you don't have to rely on the stock market. You don't have to rely on a job. And we do this through the power of leveraged entrepreneurship. So I've written three books that detail how this is done. I do not sell anything else. So if you buy one of my books, and you enjoy it and you get tremendous value, there's nothing more to buy, not before, not during, or not after. The book is all there is. There's no upsells and there's nothing else to learn. It's all completely in those books. So I was able to retire 15 years ago. And just give you a little insight into my life. The word budget is not part of my life. I don't, you know, I can walk into a store walk into a restaurant, and I don't have to look at any prices. If I want it, I buy it. I live in my dream house. I drive what I want. I travel when I want. It's absolute, total financial freedom, and I'm giving people an alternative. Mm. That's really exciting for the listeners. I'm going to have links to that in the show notes. I know uh, I'm just holding up my mobile phone here, my iPhone, 
because I downloaded the Millionaire Fastlane a year or two ago and started listening to it and going through it. And definitely it's valuable information. I'm just interested about the Fastlane Business Forum, which I don't know much about. Maybe you could just tell the audience what that is. Sure. That's an online discussion forum. That's my platform. It is free to join and it is over 70,000 entrepreneurs, nearly a million contributions where people who are engaged in this strategy, this lifestyle, if you will, get to talk and commiserate on a daily basis because anyone who anyone who is an entrepreneur will tell you that this can be pretty lonely. And since we're not following life's default script, it's important to surround ourselves with other people who are following a different formula than 99% of the world. Fantastic. And that's the fastlameforum.com. And I'll have the links in the show notes. So that's exciting. And one last thing, is there any particular place that you're more active than another, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what's the best place? For sure. People? My most active is the fastlaneforum.com. Okay. I'm there every single day. I'm contributing. Um, also, I have a YouTube channel that has over 50,000 subscribers. I pop in there every once yep. in a while. Um, I'm pretty engaged with people who have read my material. I don't disappear and you know never surface. Yep. Fantastic. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Sure. My worst investment ever was actually three things that kind of came together. And the first one was a decision. And the decision was way back, I think it was 1999, or maybe it was 2000, to sell my business. And the offer was $1.2 million. Unfortunately, most of that was what we call in the entrepreneurial field when you're liquidating an asset, it was called an earnout. An earnout is when the company who acquires your business says, Well, if we do X millions next year, we will pay you X millions. And so a good $700,000 of this offer was locked into an earnout. And of course, this was 1999 in 2000 when tech stocks were going boom. And, you know, I think it was, I don't know, six months later to a year, tech stocks absolutely imploded. We went into a big recession a lot of nasty economic outcomes happened there. So which led to my second part of this decision, which was to have this idea after I did sell that company, I ended up getting a half million dollars, which, you know, is a nice chunk of change. And this was way back in 1999. So that was probably a million and a half of today's money. So I had this idea that hey, I can retire on this. I never have to work another day in my life because look at the stock market. It is absolutely going crazy. So you know what I did? I took that entire half a million dollars, which actually, which I didn't know, is taxable, of course. But when you get it, you're not really taxed on it until the tax man comes a month, six months later, or whenever the April 15th date is. So I put all that money into tech stocks. And well, you know what happened next. The stock market imploded. And I obviously 
lost most of that money. And the problem here is because I did not pay taxes on that money, I owed almost as much as that what was left in the account. So I ended up having to liquidate, of course. And then by the time it was all said and done, there was virtually nothing left. So I know a lot of people are engaging in this philosophy right now, meaning they have retired early because the stock market has been absolutely nuts. It's been hyperinflationary actually in the last 10, 15 years. And there's a ton of people who are saying, well, I'm retiring early and they have never encountered a 1999 or a 2008. So they're gonna be in for a rude awakening when that happens. Cause usually when it happens, it's not a simple correction of, oh, you know, two months it recovers. Sometimes this lasts for two, three, four years. And in that time frame, you unfortunately need something to live on. Mm. You have to liquidate, you have to sell. So, you know, people say, well, you should have just held on to it. Well, I couldn't hold on to it because I had to live. I couldn't retire on $80,000 for the rest of my life. Because at the time, I think I was 30 or 31. So you're going to live 30 years off of $80,000. So that was just a stupid idea. And of course, that was the investment into tech stocks. So this kind of put me into a different mode where I realized, you know, you want financial freedom. You need to really have financial freedom, not this, well, you have to budget everything. You can't drive this. You can't do this. You can't do that. So yes, it was the worst investment ever. But looking back, it might have, I might not be where I am today if it wasn't for that. So maybe it was the best investment ever. I don't know, because it's like, you know, you learn from your failures and you learn what you don't like and you learn what you can do to adjust. So it was the idea that I could retire early. It was the investment all in tech stocks and it was the earn out. Now, incidentally, I'll leave with this is I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs who absolutely get screwed on that earnout. Yep. So basically, whenever, if you're selling a company, congratulations. If someone wants to give you millions and millions of dollars based on something that, that happens once they take over, refuse it. Ask for more money up front. Because usually that earnout, all stories I've heard is never have had an earnout that has succeeded. Right. Wow. And maybe I'll, uh, I would say that's kind of lesson number one. Is there any other thing? How would you summarize the lessons from this experience? Well, you don't want the stock market to control your wealth. That's something I realized and I learned it real early. So right now, like for instance, if the stock market crashed by 50%, which is a huge, it's a big economic event. Mm -hmm. And if it stayed there for years, my life wouldn't change, wouldn't change one bit. And that's the type of financial freedom that I find powerful and liberating. So I don't have to look at the markets every single day. Now, granted, I do invest in the markets just like everyone else, but is not tied to my well-being. It is not tied to my daily life. And can I ask some questions about that just to understand? So for instance, some people take their money that they earn and they invest it in, let's say, land. Or they, Man, okay, in, in, mm-hmm. in, they invested in an apartment building and then they can say, I'm not impacted by what's going to happen in the stock market to some extent. Yeah, but okay, the economy could crash, 
But then you could say, okay, another person can say, well, I've tried to make so much money that it doesn't matter if the stock market crashes because I've got more than enough to live on outside of that. How would you define how you've kind of shielded yourself from the impact of the market? Well, sure. I own most of my house. I live in a very expensive house. I got a mortgage on it, but guess what? It's at 2%. Yep. So I was going to pay cash for my house, but when they threw 2% in my face, I said, that's free money. I can literally make 2% easily. So I can go invest in anything that I want and get that return back easily. So I have no debt, you know, other than that. I have business systems that are immune from pretty much economic collapses. That's just the way I structured it. Mm. And, you know, COVID, that was a big eye opener for a lot of people. Even some business owners were like, oh my God, the government shut down my business. And that kind of opened them up to like, you know, that's why I have a, something that's called a sense framework that's in my books. It's in all my books, actually. It's kind of a guideline for to insulate yourself from catastrophic events that could wipe you out one day or at least put you out of business because that's not why we want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. When you have a job, someone can fire you. Yeah. So if you have a business and there's one entity that can put you out of business, then you're kind of just trading a job, you know, you're basically buying yourself a job. Got it. Okay. That's helpful to understand. Maybe I'll share a few things that I take away from your your experience. The first thing is earnout. I totally agree with you on this earnout thing. I have a friend of mine that I helped him sell his business to Microsoft. It wasn't an earnout, but it was a lock-in where he had to be with them for three years. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that it's just going to be three years of misery. For almost any time that you're going to have a new buyer come in, it's just going to be heartbreaking to see the decisions, even if their decisions are ultimately the right decisions for the business. It's just going to be heartbreaking. So my advice based upon what I learned from him, what I've seen in my life, and now what I learned from you is if somebody asks for an earnout, don't take it and just have a further discussion. You know, why is somebody asking for an earnout? They're asking for an earnout because they see there's some risk. Now, if the risk is related to the business system that you've got, that's an internal risk that you as a business owner has got to fix so that they see that this is a robust system and you can say, I'm sorry, there is no risk to the operation of my systems in this company. The second one is the risk that, okay, something could go wrong six months from now. I'm sorry, but that's your problem. That's the buyer's issue and the buyer's risk. Don't try to put it on me. So in order to make sure that you're in a position to say, I'm not going to play the earn out game, then what you can do is, number one, build your business so it's very robust and they can see the systems that are operating, or otherwise, you may even have to take a lower price and say, okay, you see risk. I accept that there are some risks here, and therefore, you know, I'll accept a little bit lower price. The last thing I would say is that the alternative to earn out, and if they're worried that you're going to leave the company, you know, one option is to say, I'll be an advisor, and you pay me as an advisor, and I'll do everything I can to advise the business to make sure that you get there, but I'm not going to be an employee and all of that stuff. So that's kind of my biggest one. The second one I just want to highlight is, you know, being a person that's been in the market since 1993, basically, when I started being an analyst, you know, I think it's very salient point that most people haven't lived through a market crash. And as of right now, we're about three months into the year. It's 
it's the end of March, so the first quarter is about done, and the Nasdaq's down about 10%. New York Stock Exchange is down about 2% since the beginning of the year. But remember that these markets are up, you know, Nasdaq's up 140% for over five years. And so we've had an amazing bull run. And I think you really need to take what you're hearing in this discussion from MJ and, and think about, are you overexposed to the market? So those are the two things that I kind of take away. Is there anything that you would add to that? Yeah. And the reason for that earnout is because you're not going to be in control of the decisions that this new company is going to make. And, you know, for me, I rarely mention the company that I sold and people don't understand why. And it's because the decisions they made after I sold it, the customer service went completely down the tubes. I was just on Yelp the other day and I just saw one star reviews. It was just horrific type of you know, type of reviews. And it is disturbing to me that I say to myself, well, I used to own that company, but now it's complete garbage. And that's what I'm talking about is you have no control over what they are going to do once they take over. And so you don't want, you know, $700,000, millions of dollars tied up into those decisions. So yes, Maybe take a lower price, say, hey, I don't want the $700,000 earnout. I want another half a million dollars mm. or half a million dollars in stock options that are completely liquidatable because they're maybe they're traded on the stock market. Right. But um, yeah, I've never heard one positive experience from an earnout. Hey, I just made my earnout wonderful. I never heard that. And I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs who sell companies. Fantastic. Now, let me ask you what's a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? I'm guessing that it would be the forum, but maybe you can answer that question. Sure, absolutely. It is the Fastlane Forum. I'm there every single day. I'm contributing all kinds of different discussions on there. And it's free, costs nothing to join. All kinds of, there's a health strategy. There's, you know, it's about a complete lifestyle. It's just not about starting a business and making money. It's about, you know, living your best life. And that um, that is really my philosophy because, you know, there are plenty of millionaires and billionaires who are absolutely miserable. And we're about the whole experience. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I'm heading there. I didn't know about it and now I do. So I'll be there. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? For the next, I'm writing another book related to goal setting and productivity. Interesting. And there's a lot of books on goal setting and productivity. What would be your kind of angle that makes it unique? It's actually a system that is discussed in uh, very briefly in my last book that I wrote, The Great Rat Race Escape. It is a goal engineering system where you reverse engineer a particular goal. So you're always on path and you're always keeping sight of why you're doing something because it kind of sets up a decision framework for your life. And I think once you have a decision framework in place, making decisions and avoiding the right things and avoiding the wrong things or making, you know, hitting the right things and avoiding the wrong things becomes much easier. Yep. And one of the big things about setting goals is making a commitment, setting a deadline and all that. Where are you at as far as where, when can the listeners and the viewers, you know, get access to this? It's probably going to be several months away, but if you're at the forum, uh, if you're there for any duration or if you're on the list, if you join, you know, there's a digest we send out, you'll get updates from there. Of course, any social media channel, I would let this be known. 
Um, I'm also developing an app for that, a mobile application for people who like digital products in order to, you know, see their progress and record everything and get analytics on how they're doing. So it's uh, it's a pretty exciting project for me. I'm excited about it. Well, looking forward to that. That's exciting to hear. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't yet taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. In fact, you've just learned two things about reducing risk, about earnouts, and you've learned about potential stock market crashes. And why I say it's the easy way to build wealth, because it's simple stuff, reduce risk. As we conclude, MJ, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? No, just you only live once. So we're after your dream, whatever it is, and do not live in fear. Beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying thank you for joining our mission. And I'll see you on the upside.